Welcome to Dealmaker Diaries, where you hear directly from the dealmakers who you invest with. M&A, real estate syndication, and more. Strap in for unparalleled advice, wisdom, and insight from some of the world's best business minds with Don Thomas and G1C Group. Welcome everyone to another episode of Dealmaker Diaries. Today we have with us Mr. Mark Podolsky, also known as the Land Geek. Mark is widely considered to be the country's most trusted and foremost authority on buying and selling raw, underdeveloped land. Today, Mark will share his journey into the world of buying, selling, and leasing raw land as an investment. He has actively invested in real estate and raw land for almost 20 years and has completed over 5,000 unique transactions in that time. So let's give Mark a warm welcome to the show. Let's go. So, Mark, welcome to the show. It's nice to have you today. Donald Thomas, I don't know how to say good morning in Japanese. I want to say <laughs> konnichiwa, but that's probably wrong. But I'm, yeah, that's good I'm, afternoon. So, um, good morning is Ohio gozaimasu. Ohio mas. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning. Good yeah, thank you. Thank so you. So happy to be here. Likewise. Great to have you on. Great to have you on, for sure. So, Mark, I mean, you're represent your... Um, Oh, this is my thought here. So your reputation definitely precedes you. Um, why don't you um, give the audience a little bit about your background and tell us how you got up to this point in your real estate career? Sure. So if we rewind the tape to the year 2000, so 22 years ago, I was a miserable, micromanaged, 45-minute commute to work and back investment banker specializing in mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups. And right. Donald, it got so bad for me. I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. I'd get the Friday blues anticipating <laughs> the weekend going by really fast and having to be back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy and he's telling me that as a side hustle, he's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar. He's flipping it online and he's making a 300% return on his investment. And I'm looking at companies all day long. And a great company, great, has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Average companies, 10%. And I'm looking at companies all day long, less than 10%. So of course, I don't believe them. And I've got three grand saved up for car repairs. I go to New Mexico with him. I do exactly what he tells me to do. I buy 10 half-acre parcels at an average price of $300 each. I flip them online. And they all sell for an average price of $1,200 each. It worked. So I took all that money and I went to another auction and this is in Arizona where I live. And again, it's 2000, there's no one in the room. And I buy up lots of acreage for nothing. And I sell all that property and I made over $90,000 cash. So I go to my wife and she's pregnant. I said, honey, I'm going to quit my job and become a full-time land investor. And she's like, absolutely not. So I said, okay, okay. So it took me about 18 months for the land investing income to exceed the investment banking income. And then I quit. I've been doing it full-time ever since. I've done over 6,000 transactions and I absolutely love it. Wow, that, I mean, that does sound 
too good to be true. So, so why hasn't everyone heard of this and everybody jumped on the bandwagon since this has been going on for 20, well, 20 years plus? It's pretty boring. So if you go on HGTV or the DIY network and see Flip This Land, the before picture is raw land. The after picture is raw land. So it's it's just not a sexy niche. And most people can't get their heads around the fact that, you know, we can make land cash flow, which, which I walk you through. But also just the fact that we all can understand we need a place to live. Nobody needs a piece of raw land. That being said, 99.9% of the things in my life, we don't need, we want. Yeah. So there's a lust for land in the United States. Um, so that I think is is why that this niche is, it's boring, it's unloved, it's not sexy. And it's, most people just aren't aware of it. So, and who, who are the, who are the end buyers? Or when you're flipping this online, who, who's buying this? So people who don't like people, uh, legacy investors, <laughs> Um, you know, I, I'll, I, I like to call it like man jewelry. Some people like like the way it makes them feel. They may not even go out and see the, see the property. Um, so investors, um, as Ted Turner says, land is the only thing that lasts. So it's a great legacy investment. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've never been stuck with a piece of raw land. They all sell. And what, what is a pig for every barn. So what are the criteria that you use when you're when you're looking at this land, when you're choosing which which parcels to buy? What what criteria do you use to determine if it's going to be a good good fit for you and your your seller, your buyers? Well, you know, the the basically the buy box is can I buy this asset 25 cents on the dollar? And if the answer is yes, then I'll go through my due diligence and make sure that. It, you know, and I can kind of walk you through that. But if everything checks out in due diligence, it's a buy. It's, I am not the market. So just because I think it's not beautiful land doesn't mm. mean someone else isn't going to love it. And I've learned that the hard way. So Dal, if you want, I can walk you step-by-step step through the model so that you and the listeners can do it. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Okay, so I'm going to assume that you own five acres of raw land in Texas, but you're in Tokyo and you owe $200 in back taxes. And I'll see on the county treasurer's list, oh, there's Donald Thomas in Tokyo. He owes $200 on this vacant land in Texas. So you're essentially you're advertising two important things. Number one, you have no emotional attachment to the raw land. You're in Tokyo, the property's in Texas. And number two, you're financially distressed in some weird way because we don't pay for things like property taxes. We don't value them in the same way. As a result, the county treasurer keeps sending notices saying, Donald, if you don't pay your property taxes, you're going to lose that property to a tax deed or a tax lien investor. So all I'm going to do is look at the comparable sales on your, let's say, five-acre parcel in Texas. I'm going to take the lowest comparable sale Let's say it's $10,000. I'm going to divide by four. And that's going to give me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. So I'm going to send you an actual offer on your parcel of $2,500. Now you accept it. 
Why? Because for you, $2,500 is better than nothing. In reality, three to 5% of people accept my quote unquote top dollar offer. But now that you've accepted it, I have to go through due diligence. Number one, I have to confirm you still own the property. I have to confirm back taxes are only $200. I have to make sure there's been no breaks in the chain of title, no liens or encumbrances. And so I have my team in the Philippines that are connected to an American title company for $11, they'll get me a title report. And at the same time, the, the aerial maps, plat maps, GIS maps, everything that a buyer is going to want to know. Now, if it's $5,000 or more, I will not take title risk and I'll just close traditionally through a title company. But let's just say that everything works out. I send you a check for $23. I send the treasurer a check for $200. I now own it free and clear. Now, Donald, I'm going to sell this property 30 days or less and make a cash flow like a rental home. And I have a built-in Best Buyer. Do you know who it is? No, who's that? It's the neighbors. The neighbors. Uh, so I'm going to send out neighbor letters saying, hey, here's your opportunity. Protect your privacy. Protect your views. Know your neighbor. So oftentimes, the neighbors will buy it. Now, if they pass, I'll go to my buyer's list. My buyer's list passes. I'll go to a little website you may have heard of. It's called Craigslist. It's the 15th most trafficked website in the United States. I'll go to one I know you've heard of called Meta or Facebook, buy, sell groups in the marketplace. And then I'm going to go to the lands, landmoto.com, landandfarm.com, landsofamerica.com, landflip.com, landhub.com. These are platforms where people buy and sell raw land. But the way that I'm going to sell it is where the magic happens. I'm going to make it irresistible. So all I'm going to ask for is a $2,500 down payment. And then I'm going to make it a car payment. Let's say $297 a month at 9% interest over the next 84 months. So it's a one-time sale. I get my capital out on the down, but sometimes I'll go six to 10 months out. And then I get $297 a month at 9% interest over the next 84 months. Donald, no renters, no rehabs, no renovations, no rodents. And because I'm not dealing with a tenant, I'm exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, and the SAFE Act, all this onerous real estate legislation. So it's a simple game. Can we create enough land notes where our passive income exceeds our fixed expenses? And now we're working because we want to, not because we have to. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. And so you've been doing that for 20 plus years now. Correct. And is your wife happy with the decision? No, we're getting divorced. <laughs> Serious? Seriously. Oh. But I mean, I'm, I think she's be very happy with the settlement. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry to hear about the divorce, but yeah, I guess it happens. Yeah. All right, so Mark, let's dig into that. So let's dig a little more into that. So if we're go we were going to talk about um, three three ways to free yourself from solo economic dependency. Well, what recommendations would you have or advice would you give people who are looking to do that? So solo economic dependency means if you're personally not working, you're not making any money. So think of anybody with a job, freelancers. Um, let's pick on people that are solve their money problems, but not their time problems doctors, lawyers, dentists. In fact, if the dentist's mouth 
or hands aren't in someone's mouth, he's not or she's not generating any revenue. So the whole game is how do we get out of solo economic dependency so that we're totally free and we can work when we want, where we want, and with whom we want, so we can move up Maslow's hierarchy of needs into self-actualization and figure out what's our greatest life purpose and what we really want to do with our lives. And so the way to do that is simply by passive income, number one. And how do we do that? We want to use three levers. So because the last thing I want anyone to do when they're listening to this is build themselves another job. So essentially, you want to build a business and you want to use those three levers. The first lever is other people's time. We use inexpensive virtual assistants. The second lever is software and automation. So 90% of this business is, is automated. So we have front, auto, front end automation called lgpass.com. And we have back end automation that manages the notes called geekpay.io. And the whole idea being, we can always make more money, but we can't get more time. So anything that's going to save us time, let's invest in. And number three is going to be other people's money so we can scale. Okay. And um, to that point, um, so the most of the land that you're looking at um, nowadays, is, is it in your area or are you looking all over the U.S.? So, Donald, let's just be honest, right? Nobody wakes up and thinks to themselves, boy, I'd like some raw land today in Minnesota, unless you live in Minnesota. So we were going to specialize in properties in the Southwest, a little bit in the Northwest, California, and Florida. So these are the sunshine states. These are fast-growing states. And there's a plethora of inexpensive raw land. And when you get to your due diligence point with these lands, do you go to these states once you've had an offer accepted? Or do you have one of your, one of your virtual assistants looking at it in that area? How does that work? As far as once the the offers accepted, correct. Yes. Yeah. So once the offer, yeah. So once the offer is accepted, then we go through the due diligence process. And is there a need for you to travel there and look at the land there, or, you, or do you just put it up on Google Earth and take a look at it from there? Is that how you do it? Or? Yeah. We we don't. Again, like I don't scale, so we we don't. We can hire somebody for fifty bucks locally. To mm-hmm. take pictures, create video, um, fill out our proper report. What's the road like? What are the neighbors doing? Is anyone dumping? Is there anything dilapidated? How far from the nearest hospitals, Walmart, McDonald's? What's compelling about the property? Um, are there mountain views? Is there any water nearby? Mm-hmm. So we want to get a whole idea of what that property is like if we haven't been in that area. But if we've been in that area, due diligence is very simple because you know once you're out there, the raw land is pretty much the same. Yeah, and it sounds like, I mean, with the prices you're paying, I guess, I mean, rises in interest rates have little or no effect on what you have going on in this business, right? No, if anything, it, hel- it helps us because land is a, an inflation hedge. Mm-hmm. And so, and number two, we all, we pay cash, so we use no debt. And just um, curious, what's, what's the largest amount you've paid for a parcel or a piece of land? Um, I mean, we, we do million-dollar deals. It's probably, you know, over a million dollars. And when, and when you're paying that amount, do you have private lenders who can give you that or 
I mean, have you just gotten to the point where you can chill out that amount on a piece of land as well? Yeah, we're just at that point. Okay. All right. And Mark, what are um, what are some of the reasons you should be creating passive income in raw land investments? You think if somebody wanted to say, why, why should I choose land investments versus gold or Bitcoin or any other commodity? Why should you be choosing raw land? Well, land, number one, lasts forever. So you've got nothing to maintain, nothing to protect. Uh, it's the basis of all wealth. So that's that's number one. And it's just so simple. It's just a buyer a seller and a piece of raw land. The due diligence process is very simple. The title work is very simple. There's not usually uh, you know, crazy title chains like there are in houses. So it's just an inefficient market. And so because of the simplicity and because of the fact that there's it's headache free, it's a really truly great way to create a passive income stream because it's truly passive. Where if I'm a landlord and I'm getting that monthly rent check, I can delude myself and say, oh, this is passive income until they get the phone call. Yeah. Uh, you know, or if they have a management company, but if you've ever worked with management companies, it's still a headache. Yeah, you have to manage them as well, right? So you gotta manage yeah, a lot, them as well. A lot more active than passive. Right. All right. And yeah, and it sounds, I mean, from what you say, I mean, there's very little competition as well, right? When you're when you find a piece of land you like, it sounds like it at least. Yeah, I mean, when I started teaching this, my wife looked at me, she's like, Why are you teaching this? Aren't you creating your own competition? I said, Well, that's a really good point. Let's put on the investment banking hat. And as an investment banker or venture capitalist, what's the first question they ask? How big is the market? So when you analyze how big the market is, there's billions of acres of raw land available. And there is relatively few players. There's no hedge funds. There's no private equity groups. So there's no big money in this niche. And so I thought, well, a million people can be in this niche. You, me, a million people will all run out of money before we run out of deal flow. Mm-hmm. And, and most of these parcels that you're buying, are these are people that have... Um defaulted on their taxes for one reason or another? Not necessarily. If we determine that this is a good market, then we will mail an offer whether or not they're delinquent or not. Okay. So our lowest hanging fruit is going to be out-of-state and OBAC taxes. Mm-hmm. But then from there, once we determine we have a strong market, let's just mail. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, and you you spoke a little bit earlier about um, the systems and automation that you put in place. Um, how can you best leverage those systems to do that? Because again, like you said, you I mean, the whole purpose save, is saving yourself time. So, how do you best leverage those systems and automation to simplify and scale your real estate business? So basically, we're going to use those two software programs to do that. LGDPass.com, which automates the entire front end of the business. So you can upload a list 
to LG Pass. It will automate your mailings. And then from there, you can have your VA team go in and fill out the due diligence. Uh, they can also start showing where the marketing is. And then as far as the contracts, we use a land sale contract, a promissory note, and a purchase sale agreement. What used to take 20 minutes of paperwork now takes literally the time it takes to press a button and populates it. So that's the first part. And then the second part is geekpay.io. It's a set and forget it note collection system. So you set it one time and it puts that borrower on recurring payments via ACH, which is way less than, than a credit card and automates the notifications. And then if they default, you keep the down payment, you keep the monthly payments and you just resell that property. Okay. All right, very cool. And um, so, how what what how what is your default rate with people who don't keep up with their payments? So because because we don't do credit checks, we have a relatively higher default rate. So, in a strong market like what we're seeing now, is a ten percent default rate. As we head into recession. I would anticipate 15 to 20% as a default rate. In 2010, I actually write about this in a, in a book I wrote called Dirt Rich. My default rate was about 50%. And people were calling me and saying, Mark, it's between food and paying off this land, and I'm choosing food. So I had to rebalance that note portfolio and get it resold. <laughs> And I would think, I mean, since you're making your money back with the down payment, basically you're getting to sell that land twice if they do default, right? So it's not so Correct. much of we a... No, we don't mind defaults. It keeps our inventory relatively stable and it just extends our return on investment. So our average yeah. return on a cash deal is 300%, but on a terms deal, it's 1,000%. Yeah, it almost, it's almost, it's almost a reward if they default, right? Because you get to recoup it and sell it again. Okay. Correct. And so tell a bit. So your class. So tell tell me about this class. How to, how often are you teaching? And is that online? Is is that set up automated? If someone wanted to enroll in your class and take it, how does that work? Yeah. So people can learn the model at thelandgeek.com, and we have a free class because I think the best way to learn is actually by doing it. So we have a class that teaches you how to double your money in 30 days or less. And it's the landgeek.com forward slash quick deals. And then if the model resonates with you, you can go deeper into it. We have uh, training, you know, do it yourself to done with you all the way to one-on-one -on -one coaching. Okay. So and if someone wanted to get started in this type of business, do they, do they need a lot of capital to get started? No, I'd recommend having at least five hundred dollars for a month. Okay. Yeah, that's not a lot at all. No. No. And these these type of land deals are available pretty much in every state across the country, whether you're in Texas, California, Arizona. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so since you've been doing this, um what's the most I mean, I'm sure you have some stories, some war stories to tell. So what is the most interesting deal you've had since you've been in this business? 
Well, well, my favorite deal was a complicated deal where the railroad sold off like millions of parcels to um, a Morgan Stanley group. And then Morgan Stanley sold to a public company that wanted just the mineral and water rights. So I came in and negotiated to buy sections of land from this public company. And it was a spreadsheet deal for them. They didn't really care about the land. They just wanted the minerals and the water rights. So I was able to start buying up sections of land at $30 an acre and sell them for $500 an acre. So on just that one deal, I made over $5 million. Oh, that's amazing. So, so you bought the land, but they kept uh, mineral and water rights. Correct. Okay. Wow. We, yeah, have, that's... we have surface rights, but yeah. Okay. Very cool. All right, Mark. So let's jump into the lightning round and see um, what's behind the mind of the man to jump into this great, great business and see what makes you tick a little bit. Sure. All right. So first one, easy one. What book or books have greatly influenced your life? Um, I really love The One Thing by Gary Keller mm-hmm. and The 12-Week Year. Uh, a more spiritual book would be The Second Mountain by David Brooks. Okay. Uh, love that book. Okay, and The 12-Week Year I've read as well. That's that's a very good one. Yeah. And wh- why, did the, wh- why did those have such a profound effect on your life or influenced your life? Well, the the one thing combined with twelve week year can be transformative because it really crystallizes your thinking on what is the most impactful thing I can be doing to move mm-hmm. the needle, and how can I eliminate all these other things by doing this one thing. And then the twelve week year, every day is a week, every week is a month. You have a built in intensity with your team to start hitting those goals, mm-hmm. and instead of waiting till November, December to really kick it in. Yeah, definitely. All right. And Mark, how has a failure or perceived failure actually allowed you a greater success later? Well, I think failure is necessary um, for so many, you know, good reasons. Obviously it's not fun when you're going through it, but you can look back and you see, oh my gosh, you know, this was like the best thing that's ever happened to me. And so I remember in in 2010, losing, you know, half my income and I had what I call Parkinson's law of money. So the more money I made, the more money I spent. And just this feeling of like, you know, never being enough. So if I was never enough, I could never have enough. And so I had the big house, the big cars and the private schools and the nanny and the housekeeper. And so having to be forced to have that ego kick and forced into humility was so uh, transformative for me and uh, really allowed me to see what was most important in my life. And clearly it was things that had nothing to do with money. In fact, I'd say that now um, what I want has you know, are things money can't buy a, a cow mind 
a fit body, a house full of love. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think that's definitely what you want to take away from those failures is the lessons, right? The lessons that allow you to move forward with more, clar more clarity, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, and Mark, what's a habit or routine that you love? I love to meditate. Uh, I'm a big walker. But I'd say that the one that's really transformative for me is, is meditating and watching the thoughts, watching the drama, stepping back from it, mm -hmm. not being identified with it, and allowing you know myself to be really tranquil and have equanimity most of the day, despite what's happening all around me. Yeah, meditation has been transformational for me as well. I mean, I probably started doing it just a couple of years ago, so not so long ago, but it's definitely... Are, are you doing it mornings and evenings, twice a day? No, I, I use the Waking Up app. I, I do it in the morning. Okay. Yeah. Okay, awesome. And um, what's your favorite place to think big? On a walk. Uh, any kind of long walk. So Mondays and Fridays are my thinking days. Mm -hmm. um, I have no calls those days and nothing on my calendar. And it's just time for me to think and take walks and meditate and, you know, really kind of figure it all out okay. at that time. And um, to your point about, you know, there, we have so much going on. There's so many things to do a lot of demands on your time. So what, what have you become better at saying no to? It, so Derek Sivers has this great quote. And if it's not a hell yeah, it's a no. <laughs> I like that. And that's, that's literally what I do. Okay. And what important truth, this is the last one, I'm gonna go a little deep. So what important truth do very few people agree with you on? I think that we have, we have no free will. So, I, you know, you and I had a two in seven chance of being born in India or China. We didn't pick our parents. We didn't pick the country we lived in. And so from there, everything that's happened to us is based on prior experience. Mm -hmm. So I believe that determinism with a little bit of randomness, and I know it's a horrible thing for a lot of people to admit to like, oh, I, I'm making choices and, you know, I have done this and I've done that and I've, you know, accomplished all these things and I would say, well, you got lucky. Hmm. Okay, yeah, very, very true, very interesting. All right, <laughs> yeah. so very good, Mark. And, and by the way, very few people agree with me on this. <laughs> hey, well, that's, that was the question, right? All right, very cool. So, Mark, before we hop off, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, learn more about your, your class, reach out about collaborations, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Uh, thelandgeek.com. Thelandgeek.com. Okay, so yeah, we'll run that across the bottom of the screen as well. All right, Mark, so um, any parting, word, parting words for our viewers and listeners? I love this quote from Zig Ziglar. If you'll do for the next three to five years what other people won't do, you'll be able to do for the rest of your life what other people can't do. Yeah, I love that one as well, definitely. 
All right. Thanks so much, Mark. Thanks for sharing, sharing your wisdom and your stories. I think this is some great input. You've actually got me more interested in land, land investing as well. So definitely good to have you on the show. Let's stay in touch and I'll talk to you again soon. All right. I thank you, Donald, or uh, arigato. Arigato. Duotashimaste. There you have it, guys. Another episode of Dealmaker Diaries in the books. If you enjoy and or find value in what we're doing, please do leave us a nice review. It goes a long way in keeping the show moving in the right direction. For you investors, if you're looking for places to put your hard-earned capital to work, head on over to our website, g1cgrp.com, and sign up for our investor list to be informed of the different projects we're raising capital for that will provide you with the cash flow your investments so much deserves.